0: If you want to break into brand strategy and filmmaking, then this is the episode for you because my next guest is a story-driven filmmaker, brand strategist, and speaker. But before I introduce you to Jude Charles, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's T4C's weekly newsletter that comes out bright and early on Mondays, and it's got unique insights into dozens of different industries and coronavirus-relevant career advice as well as a ton of other hacks for college students and young professionals to help all of you turn your degrees into careers you'll love. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time4coffee.org and the sign up box is right there. Now, my filmmaking-obsessed Frappuccino lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew, because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Jude Charles, a story-driven filmmaker, brand strategist, and speaker. Jude identified his future professional passion when he was only a junior in high school, thanks to a TV production class that he'd enrolled in. And at the end of that year, at the end of his junior year, his teacher told him he had a gift for visual storytelling. And she handed him a yellow envelope. Inside that envelope was a gift that convinced Jude to bet on himself and launch his filmmaking career while he was still in high school. Almost 15 years later, Jude is absolutely crushing it. He's worked with clients like Google, Coldwell Banker Steve Harvey and the millionaire makeup mogul Keisha Dior who founded Keor Cosmetics she's also known as Keisha Keor now. Jude has also worked as the director of new media at Steady Image Multimedia in Fort Lauderdale, Florida where he created new media content for music festivals, branded content and campaigns. Hey Jude, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go?
1: I am ready. Definitely caffeinated.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, I saw you chugging some water ahead of time. I I know it's the afternoon, so I'm not going to give you a super hard time. Are you a coffee drinker?
1: I am a coffee drinker early in the morning, especially when I'm like sitting at my computer working. I cannot start my day without coffee. So, yeah, mm, I'm definitely a co-
0: man after my own heart. I <laughs> love it. So, dude, yeah. I am so excited to have this opportunity to introduce our young viewers and listeners to a field that they may feel like they know something about because everybody has one of these in their pocket, a smartphone, and obviously is able to shoot video, but they're going to learn a whole lot from listening to somebody who does it full time. So let's dive in to our 10 espresso shots. The first question being, what entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to get into filmmaking?
1: I think the easiest entry-level jobs, literally you can go to your local businesses that are in your neighborhood is doing social media videos, doing social media content that tells a story, right? So it could be something as simple as uh, showing customers going back as, as states and cities begin to open, going back to the restaurants to eat and sit outside, right? It could be something as simple as the baker baking some pies, right, in the oven. So. I think that's the easiest way to get into filmmaking right now, to get creative, to start to play around with cameras, even if it's with your cell phone. The cell phones are able to do some very magical things. And so I think that's the easiest entry-level jobs to start with, even as a high school kid or as someone who's just getting into college, who's just getting to play with cameras. That's the first entry-level job I would go for.
0: Well, as I mentioned in the introduction, that kind of how you got your start. It was before the smartphone. Nevertheless, you got introduced to TV production and filmmaking when you were a junior in high school.
1: Yeah, I did. I got introduced by a teacher who I'm forever grateful for, Mrs. Donnelly. She taught me everything that she knew about TV production And I got to play around with cameras that were still on tape, not on digital cards like they are today. I was putting in a tape to actually record it and film. And so, yeah, I got to play around at at 17 years old. I got to at 16 years old, actually. 17 is when I started the business. But 16, I got to start playing around with cameras and understanding different angles and what something looks like. How does it make someone feel once it's edited? I got to do that right in high school. Awesome. So Jude, what is
0: a hard and soft skill that you look for and have looked for over the years in the young people that you hire?
1: I think what I mostly look for are soft skills. So I look for communication. Are you able to communicate an idea or communicate what you're thinking? I look for, are you able to, to find solutions to problems? Are you able to think ahead? For me, when I was working with other production companies, when I started out, I Realize the smallest things that would be helpful on set would be just thinking about, okay, how can I make sure I have extra batteries because they may run out of batteries? And that it may cost me an extra $5, $10, but when they run out of batteries and they're searching for batteries and they don't know where to find the batteries, hey, I've got the batteries already. Here, we can swap it out. And it saves so much time on set. Communicating ideas or coming up with solutions, that's what I look for. Enthusiasm is also what I look for. Not somebody who's going to be a negative Nancy on set. I look for somebody who's going to be enthusiastic, that's going to pay attention. So I look for more so for soft skills, because if the soft skills are there, the hard skills you can teach, that's, that's simple. The technical, learning how to use a camera or learning how to use a computer, that's anybody can do that. But if the soft skills aren't there, I won't want to work with you because you make my job a lot harder. And so that's what I look for. And that's what I had to learn. So that's what I always try to make sure to instill in younger people that I work with.
0: Well, you are not the only CEO who has that mindset. In fact, PwC did a survey of CEOs in like 83 countries and territories around the world. And this survey was done in 2019. And they basically asked them what keeps you up at night. And the answer was their people and the soft skills that they're people their employees would have, would they be adaptable? Would they be self-starters able to learn on the job? So exactly what you just said,
1: Jude. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's amazing how, you know, I've worked with people who didn't have those soft skills and it's amazing how the energy changes in the room. Right. And, you know, I've had, I've even had people that I left on set because maybe there was two projects going on at the same time. And, I had one project that went haywire where somebody didn't want to be on camera. They made a big stink of it. But because of who I left on set, they were able to take care of it. He had been a former manager at a restaurant, so he had those soft skills learning how to deal with hard customers. And now he's in filmmaking, but he was able to take care of it. He was able to calm her down, to reassure her, to actually listen to everything that she was saying in order to find a solution to her problem. And so, yeah, it's it's amazing how important those soft skills are. And I'm always grateful when I can find someone that that has it.
0: Jude, what about someone's major? Most Time for Coffee listeners are either in college or they're young professionals in the working world. Does it matter what your major is in school? Do you need to study this in order to get into it?
1: You do not need to study this to get into it. I have seen people who study psychology and fall into filmmaking because they understand psychology. I've seen people who study pharmacy who end up being creative and decide they want to get into filmmaking or get in front of the camera. I don't think that you need to, your major isn't as important, but if you can be creative and think about, okay, let's just say hypothetically, you think about getting in filmmaking after you finish college. If you think, okay, how can I take what I've learned in college and apply it into this filmmaking career? You can actually become someone who's who's very marketable and someone who stands out because now you're this person who has a different major, a different world view, a different perspective, that makes you so much more valuable on set.
0: Mm. And what about for those young people, not necessarily those who are starting off at 16 or 17, as you did filming, let alone starting their own business. But eventually, if they do decide they want to start a business, do you think a grad school degree would be helpful? And if the answer is yes, is there a particular type of degree that you would recommend?
1: I don't know that grad school will help. I think the most important thing that helped, especially it helped me, was experience. So I think if you're in college and you can do internships and you can get real life experience, no matter what major you're in, but if you can get real life experience and you can see behind the scenes of how businesses actually run, I think that's the biggest eye opening thing. Because for me, getting behind the scenes and working with other production companies, the main thing I took away from that is what not to do right? If there was something I just didn't like the way that they were running the company or I felt like, man, this is an opportunity where they can grow. That's what I looked for. But it was only because I could see the bigger contracts that they were working on, or I could see the complaints and how a client looked like. I paid a lot of attention to how a client, they're sitting across from the client, well, how does this client react if they say this versus this, right? I think the experience is the biggest teacher. I think oftentimes people will think, okay, I need to go to grad school. I need more years. It depends on the major but i often say like if you can get experience experience trumps grad school and trumps even trying to get a doctorate degree like it's it's more about being in the field
0: that is a beautiful segue to my next question the next espresso shot so then what life experiences do you think jude are the most useful for our young viewers and our young listeners to try to cultivate to try to have to Maybe give them a boost in breaking into a production company or building their own business.
1: I think the first one is the one that I still use to this day, perseverance. Thinking about like, okay, how do I get in contact with the person that I may want to work with? And even if they don't email me back or call me back, how do I just stay on top of them so that I get a response? And then if I get a response, if I never hear no, I keep trying. So there's a great story about a guy, uh, Robert F. Smith. He is the CEO of Vista Equity Partners, I think. And he tells this beautiful story that I love, and it stayed with me from the very first time I heard it, because it was the same spirit and passion I had from even at 15 years old when I had my first grocery store job. He was 16, and he wanted to work at a factory, a lab factory that created semiconductors, computer products. And when he wanted to work there, they said, well, there was a position open that they said that, well, hey, this position is only open for college kids. He was only 16 at the time. So what he did, he didn't take no for an answer. He called every week for five months. Every Monday when he got home from school, he called and said, hey, is, can I come in? Can I just shadow? He just tried to find a way in. Well, after five months, one of the college kids didn't show up for work and they were scrambling. And because he had called every week, they remembered him. And they called him and he got the job at 16 years old to work at this factory that was only for college kids. (laughs) So to me, that's the first thing I always say is perseverance. If you can persevere and don't take no for an answer and don't take it, even if someone tells you no, there's a yes waiting for you and just keep going. I think, honestly, that's the biggest lesson, no matter what career field you're in, if you decide to be a doctor, if you decide to be a pharmacist, it doesn't matter. Don't take no for an answer. Continue to try. There's so much opportunity that we didn't have growing up. There's so much opportunity now that is just, if you don't give up, you'll make it through.
0: Well, I want to go back a little farther, a little bit earlier in your own life, because I think there's yet another example that Jude Charles went through of how his life experience started planting the seeds and helping you hone skills that have made you the successful filmmaker, brand strategist that you are today. And that is you were interested in telling stories, in writing stories about who you were going to be, right? Yes. It was like the baseball life of Jude (laughs) Charles, the police life of Jude Charles. And folks, we are talking about 100 page books. These are not just short stories.
1: Yes. Yeah, I still have those books to this day. And what it was for me is I wanted to envision what would my future life look like. So for context, I was I am still the last child of 10 children. And so when you have nine siblings that come before you, you're thinking, well, okay, they did this. But what am I going to do? And I just always okay, I I would read a book. So The Baseball Life of Jude Charles, I, I wrote because I had just read the Jackie Robinson story. So I was like, okay. what would my life look like if I decided to be a baseball player? And I literally spent days and weeks writing this story out, just thinking, okay, what would happen next? What would happen next? And I think it was just, honestly, for me, it was just curiosity. So if you can just be curious, like even, so let's take that moment of me writing books, and then once I got into middle school, I ran track. I also was it was a, a part of the math uh, competition. In high school, I ran track, I was in the chorus, that's how I ended up in TV production because I kept just trying new things. I wanted to see what is it that's going to work for me? What do I like? What is it that gets me fired up that, you know, I just don't feel like I'm working when I'm doing it? Curiosity. And that's why I started as a young kid. I wasn't playing video games. I wasn't outside playing basketball or football. I would lock myself in a room and I would write because that's what I enjoyed. I enjoyed like being creative. I enjoyed what would my life look like 20 years from now? <laughs> what would my life look like? Curiosity. Just being curious. Ah. <sighs>
0: such amazing quality. So Jude, what is the best part for you of being a filmmaker and a brand strategist?
1: I get to hear so many stories of people who just did unthinkable things, things that I had never thought would be possible. I've gotten to tell stories of a copywriter who went from a $40,000 a year salesman to making $50,000 per project on copywriting projects, right? And so, you know, I, I hear that, I hear his story of how he found out about copywriting. It was because he met his wife, who was a copywriter, and then he was like, well, can I try this, right? Again, being curious. I get to hear stories of Darnielle, who is a business coach, but when she was born, her mother didn't even know she was pregnant with her, and the doctor said, well, you know, she may not survive, And here she is 44 years later and is succeeding in business, going against the odds. She fought through the odds that she had in her life. I get to tell the story of Andy Enriquez, who was a CPA, went to school, got good grades, became a CPA, and then decided, you know what? I no longer want to be a CPA. I want to be a motivational speaker and storytelling strategist and left a very comfortable job to pursue his passion that he had at that point in his life. Mm -hmm. So I get to it's all these stories, Steve Harvey. I get to tell his story. Steve Harvey lived in his car for three years. He was homeless for three years again, pursuing his dream, wanting to be a comedian, wanting to do this on the national level and he did it like he he had no home. he would just go from place to place, right, and we see where Steve Harvey is today, but I get to tell those stories. I get to hear those stories and when I talk about perseverance or curiosity or just pushing through, these are the people that have done it and I see it over and over and over. So when you ask me for those skills, I think that is why I talk about it, because I get to see the same thing repeated. It's not that these people were extra smart or they had great luck. They just pushed through. And if you can do that, no matter what it is that you're studying, no matter where you are right now, maybe, you know, college is a little bit hard or you're running out of money for college or whatever the case may be. You're finding it hard to balance work and college at the same time. Just push through. And if you push through, you'll make it on the other side.
0: Mm. Amazing examples, Jude. And it yeah. also makes me think about you. You said you used to run track.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: I'm not fast, <laughs> yeah. but I have run a marathon. Yeah. And I feel like the examples that you laid out there are sort of the professional version of working a marathon and Mm -hmm. that if you can just keep putting one foot in front of the other you do not have to be the hare. yeah You, you need to be the turtle
1: yes yeah yeah absolutely i you know what's what's magical that we have today is youtube right and there's so many youtube videos of athletes who i remember watching one where I think it was, uh, I can't remember his name now, but he was running and he was expected to win in the Olympics. And he had trained so hard, four years, to get to this point, to be in the Olympics. And he was favored to win. And halfway through the race, he pulls his hamstring and, and, and he, can't, he can no longer run. He falls to the ground. What does he do? He gets back up and he hops his way to the finish line. For him, it was all about finishing. Yes, he lost the race. He came in last. It was heartbreaking because he worked four years and he, you know, he really wanted to win this. He just hopped his way to the finish line. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the same thing of what you're talking about, I think is, is, is that's it. Like if you can run this marathon and even if, you know, you, you might have trained and then you realize, man, a 5K marathon is much more than I anticipated or something went wrong. Maybe you're getting cramps and you can't finish this race. I've seen people who fall their way to the finish line. Because it's it's all about finishing. It's a mindset thing. If you can I was finish,
0: just gonna do that. <laughs> I was just gonna say it's about your mindset.
1: Yeah. yeah, if you can finish, that's the most important thing. It's not about how. It's not about what you do to finish. It's just finish. And if you can do that, that's what matters the most. Love it. Yeah.
0: So the yep. flip side, and we're going to be getting <laughs> into this in more detail in the main time for coffee interview and our viewers and. Listeners should check out the bio or show notes to see if Jude's main time for a coffee interview has already dropped. But I know that the first five years of your yes. time as an entrepreneur were tough. What yes. is it for you right now, Jude, that you would say the flip side, we're in the middle of the coronavirus, it's the end of September 2020, that is the part of your current
1: job that sucks the most? What sucks the most is trying to produce stories in the midst of a pandemic. (laughs) I am blessed that I continued to work throughout the pandemic. And I had clients who weren't willing to, like, they were doing well in business and didn't want to stop filming. So I was blessed for that, but it also created a different way that I had not prepared for of how to produce stories, right? Different way to take precautions, like putting a mic on someone, because normally I run a mic under the shirt and to the top so that I make sure that I hear clear audio. Well... I've got to think differently about how I sanitize it now, right? Or even having interactions, how close am I to my client when I'm standing in front of them or having conversation? Like, so it's produced this, this challenge. The other thing is that I produce documentaries, so it has to happen in real life, right? And a lot of my clients, they do live events. <laughs> and although we film at home, we also the other side of that is filming live events. Well, they couldn't have live events. And they're sitting in front of a computer now. They're doing virtual events. How do I make that interesting, right? Because if someone's sitting in front of a computer for four hours, that's not as interesting as you seeing them on stage and they're interacting with people. There's that challenge, right? And so I think that's the hardest part is how do I produce in the middle of a pandemic? How do I keep myself safe in the middle of a pandemic because I don't want to get coronavirus and then, and then I can't work, right? And provide for my family. That's been the challenge is how do I just, again, we talked about mindset is how do I get my mind clear in order to continue to push through? We are at this point, I think, seven or eight months into the coronavirus and I continue to work and I have continued to push through. But it's only because of mindset. I could have easily said, oh, my gosh, I don't know how to do this. Let me just take a break. I'm too afraid of getting sick. I could have said all those things, but I had the right perspective and I just continue to push through. And here we are and I'm still working. So I think that's been the challenge. But again, the theme that we've been talking about, not on purpose, but. It's pushing through and it's persevering. So yeah, that's what's been the challenge, but overcoming the challenge as well.
0: It's gonna be yet another story that you're gonna be telling five, ten years from now about yes. how you made it through the coronavirus and came out even stronger.
1: Yes, I can yeah, see it absolutely.
0: now. I can see <laughs> <laughs> Jude Charles, the filmmaker. This is gonna be the documentary yeah. for sure. Three final yeah. espresso shots, Jude. If you yeah. could share Your favorite, your best career advice, what would that be?
1: Again, it goes back to perseverance. I read the story of uh, Reginald F. Lewis. It's on my board, which is why I needed to look back. Reginald F. Lewis, it's a quote that I keep on my board, keep going no matter what. And that's a story that just stuck with me because I wouldn't be where I am today without that. Reginald F. Lewis, uh, for context, is the first uh, African-American man to build a billion-dollar company. And he was a lawyer. And the way that he built the company, I forget the exact companies, but he took three companies that he combined, and that's what made a billion dollars. But he started off as a lawyer. Again, we talked about like you might start off in one career, but if you can get creative, you can take it to other fields. So yeah, best career advice is is just to never give up. Never give up. Keep going no matter what. Just find a way through it, I think, with the production companies that I worked with. So- I started the business at 17, but I also continued to work with other production companies, and that was always uh, perspective. Having the right perspective is another one, and I, what I get to do is I get to look through a camera and uh, show what I see, but someone else may have that same camera and see something different, right? It's the perspective. Perspective versus vision. We all have the ability to see things, but if you have on the right set of lenses, if you have on the right set of glasses, you can read the words that are coming across the screen. Um, so it's perspective. Another thing that I definitely would want to say is important.
0: Excellent. OK, two final espresso shots. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon streaming shows or books do you think accurately depicts this profession?
1: You know, that that's that's a hard question, because I think. I think the one that accurately depicts it is a documentary series that that I've been watching on uh, Hulu. It is from the New York Times. And New York Times takes these stories that they tell in print and uh, digital now, and they bring them to life in video. But you get to see behind the scenes of them like having to put this story together. Who are the sources that they go after? And how does this story develop? I think it's the same thing for me. I am uh, digging for the truth. When I show a client on camera, I'm not looking to show the facade. I'm looking to show both the good and the bad. I'm looking to show that client being vulnerable. I tell a story with Danielle Jervy Harmon of her journey through motherhood. And she has not become a mother yet. She's had two miscarriages. Mm-hmm. But she's telling the truth. She's just she's a business coach. And she, of course, is training other people on how to, to build their businesses. But she's having this hard moment in her life. And she's showing you how she gets through it. For me, it's the same thing as New York Times when they're uncovering a story and they're trying to find the truth, not just their bias, but the truth. That's what perfectly depicts that. And you can take that to uh, what Wall Street Journal does or what your local newspaper does. It's the same thing. They're digging for the truth. And so that's what depicts that for me. It's on Hulu, New York Times. I forget if it has a specific name, but if you look it up on New York Times, it's very fascinating.
0: Uh, It sounds like it. I'm going to check it out and we'll include a link to it in the bio and the show notes. So final question, Jude, what do you think Java junkies would be surprised to learn about filmmaking?
1: Surprised to learn about filmmaking, that is really easy. The reason that I say that is because we are surrounded by stories. There are some movies that are depicted from real life stories, right? There are our neighbors who have very fascinating stories if we just sit on the porch and talk with them. Our parents, I have this project that I wanna do. My father passed away six years ago, but my mother's still alive, and I want to just sit her in front of the camera and just tell me what was life like growing up, right? I don't, I all of my grandparents have passed away, unfortunately, but I haven't heard those stories from them. But some of us have heard those stories from our grandparents and our parents. But what if we had a time capsule? It's so easy to record video nowadays. What if you just film them talking about life's lessons? And you could leave that not for your children, but for your grandchildren now, right? Here's this family history, our family legacy. Here are the stories that get passed down over time. So that's why I say filmmaking is easy because there's, there's plenty of stories to tell. It's just a matter of having that desire to want to tell it. And it doesn't need to be this big thing. It can start with just inside of your home. We're all spending a lot of time with family now. It can start there. What are you learned? What What are you taking with you as you you know, go to the next level, go to the next step. What is this pandemic like? Because this is, last time this happened was 100 years ago. It may not happen again, hopefully, God willing, for another 100 years, right? Or 200 years. But what is it like to have that time capsule to say, this is how you get through it? Because there's been a lot of people who've had anxiety through this time and haven't been able to deal with it in the right way. How do you, how do, you do that? It's easy. Filmmaking is easy. It's just about telling stories. Pick up a camera, you have a cell phone, and start recording
0: well if any of our young listeners or viewers want to learn how jude does what he does so well and let me tell you this young man is super talented and he makes it look easy but as somebody who was in broadcast television for 20 years i can tell you it's hard to make it yeah. look as good as he does. So if you want to learn, check out the show notes, check out the bio to see if Jude's main Time for Coffee interview has already dropped. Jude, I want to thank you so much for making Time for Coffee today with me and the t for c community. This was terrific.
1: Awesome. Thank you for having me. It's definitely fun to talk about it. As you can tell, I geek out about it. Thank you for having me.